The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, October 13th, last I checked, and today we are looking at some of our favorite draft targets for mid-October. We'll be looking at some early round, some mid-round, and some late-round options, players ranging from Jalen Brown to Bogdan Bogdanovich to Terrence Mann and more, as we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast. And watching live on YouTube, I'm joined by Raphael Johnson and Jared Johnson, and Jared you had yourself uh, quite a day yesterday in a fantasy basketball draft room. Raph, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're doing the 30 deep, 30 team mm. draft. A slow. Okay. Oh, Jared, Jared does not want to talk about this. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Jared had a day. Would, should we just leave it at that, Jared? You and the draft software, we're not getting along. I'll, tell, I'll talk off air about that one. I don't feel like pissing off the entire industry. <laughs> wow <laughs> wow i really I, I kicked up the the proverbial hornet's nest there huh didn't really mean to do that mm-hmm. i actually wow. have a hornet's nest outside my house right now do you so, something i need to take care of <laughs> well, so I, was just reminding, I was just reminding you then that was mainly what i was trying to do okay. inadvertently i was reminding you to deal with that <laughs> okay okay fine fine I, I was uh i was hoping for a little comment there but uh i'm not going to force it no comment no comment on the record from jared on the draft room shenanigans of Tuesday. We'll have to wait for the memoir, huh, Jared? Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you off air, man. Okay. I just don't like slow drafts. Period. Personally. Yeah. I yeah yeah. I'd rather just get it done. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of like it, it's a very scary thing when you have a draft that's going on for like six days because you're kind of afraid to go to sleep. You're, this draft does shut down overnight, but we're all in different time zones. Mm-hmm. You're a little afraid to like sleep or step away from your computer for about five days. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of intense in that way. But yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. Fast drafts. We all vote fast draft. Although 30 people, getting 30 people in there for one draft time would be quite a quite a logistical feat. So I do get why this is a slow draft. Yeah. I just prefer salary drafts. You know how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know how I am about that. Anyways, moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. We each have brought three players to the table. Our favorite, some of our favorite draft targets as of right now. We're not going to try to be comprehensive. Uh, just a few names each. One early round guy, one middle round guy, and one late round guy. We'll each go through into our early guys first. So, Raph, why don't you lead things off with your first option? My guy is someone I've discussed on the podcast before, um, Fridays, obviously, but Tobias Harris is a guy that I'm draft, I'm targeting. Uh, finished 28th in nine cat last season. Borderline 50, 40, 90 player. 19.5 points per game, about seven rebounds, three and a half assists. Averaging about a steal and a block shot per game and 1.33 pointers per game with just 1.7 turnovers per game. Um, so I think for me personally, nine cat leagues, he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting. End of second, you know, early third, but he should not get outside of the third round in any draft, in my opinion. Jared, are you uh, are you on board with this Tobias Harris thing? 
Round three seems somewhat early, but I totally understand Raphael's rationalization. He's just one of those sneaky guys who people kind of forget about, but he does everything without hurting you anywhere. He's a really solid fantasy player. I think that you can probably pick him up in round four, uh, but if you really want him, there's nothing wrong with round three. He's just a, a very solid player, and if anything ever happens with uh, Ben Simmons, depending on what comes back, uh, that could create more playmaking opportunities for him. And he's just, uh, Doc Rivers loves him, and he's, he returns top 30 value when he plays for Doc Rivers. So I think it's a really savvy pick. Jared, I think a second ago you just came up with a great uh, title for a, fan, a recurring fantasy column, Raphael's Rationalizations. Recurring, <laughs> new, recurring new feature on NBC Sports Edge. Um, I'll say, I mean, Tobias Harris is the risk-averse fantasy manager's dream, right? I mean, this yeah. is truly a, truly a guy who does not hurt you anywhere. And you go right down, you know, in nine-category leagues all the way to turnovers. There's just nothing, absolutely nothing really to complain about in that entire stat line. And, you know, Mr. 82. I think there are some times where you're like, oh, Tobias, you know, it was like, you know, he'll get you like an 18 and six night and you're kind of like, oh. Well, that wasn't so special, <laughs> Tobias. But like overall, the body of work is is pretty tremendous, and especially if you kind of bookend him with high upside guys, I, I love that pick. I've literally can find zero fault with, with. You really can't go wrong taking Tobias. So, Jared, take us to your early round guy you wanted to mention. Okay, uh, Jalen Brown. He's shown statistical improvement every year he's been in the league. Last year was just this incredible jump that we saw from him. Um, twice he scored 30-plus points in under 30 minutes, sitting out the entire fourth quarter of both those games. Um, over a month-long period, uh, within a month, he hit his career-high 42 points twice. He had a game where he knocked down 10 triples, which is really impressive for a guy who came in the league shooting 34.3 uh, from distance. He is he was an elite 39.7 last year on a career-high 7.1 attempts. His free throws continue to improve. Um, he's 25. He's just getting into his NBA prime. He's just scratching the surface on his career. We saw that last season. And he's not the type of player that necessarily needs a monster usage to be an elite player, but he is going to get more usage um, this upcoming season with Kemba Walker going away and Marcus Smart taking over as the as the lead point guard and also Evan Fournier getting out of there. There's pretty much no depth behind him. I guess Aaron Neesmith, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He would be his backup, but he's set up for such a huge year. And I, I just love this man. I find no faults with his game. Raph, can you find any faults? Um, not particularly. You know, he he Jared mentioned you know the absences of Kemba Walker, Nevon Fournier. Uh, those that's a big factor for me personally. Um, you know, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, those guys may see an uptick in minutes, but not to the point where it hurts Jalen Brown any. I think he's going to have a higher usage than he did last season, even with Dennis Schroeder on board. You know, they're, they're not going to let Dennis Schroeder hijack that offense on a one-year deal like I. A hard time seeing that happen. Yeah, I know Matt's got that. He might decide it's Dennis time look on his face, but I don't think that's going to happen. So that's the same yeah, look think, Dennis. Ha- that's the same look Dennis has on his face right when he hijacks the offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I think both of those guys are in for huge seasons in Boston fantasy wise. So yeah, I'm on board with that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's re- it is very hard to complain about Jalen Brown. I mean, pre- the previous season, you could point to the 72.4% free throw shooting. If I'm, for some reason, I have this in really small font on my screen, but you could point to that, but he improved that by 4.4, points, point, 76. He, mm-hmm. he, he shot a lot more and he actually shot better overall from the field. So he didn't take a hit in efficiency there. I mean, we saw his assists go up. We saw his scoring average go up, like you said, Jared. So, yeah, I mean, this guy is just kind of making some pretty dramatic improvements, and we may not have seen the best from him. Remember, remember when, the, if I remember correctly, when the Celtics drafted him, it was like, oh, wow, okay, Boston, like you really like yeah. this guy, huh? And yeah, um, I, he is yes. he is proving why. <laughs> yeah, I think that the it was supposed to be Noel going there. Um, and they went with Jalen and at the time I was like, man, they should have went with Noel. And clearly I was very, very wrong because (laughs) this man is a superstar. He's, he's getting there. Uh, my first pick is a guy we've mentioned a few times recently as well. And that is De'Aaron Fox, who, as Jonas Nader pointed out during our draft show, basically over his last two months of the season just was absolutely dominating. I mean, we're talking about a two-month stretch, 29 games with 28 points per game over seven dimes, 1.7 steals, 1.8 threes. He shot 48 and a half from the field, 75 from the free throw line, which was an improvement on his season numbers there. And I also looked this up, guys, on uh, Basketball Reference. 25 plus points, seven plus assists, 1.5 or better steals, 1.5 or better threes. This has only been done 11 times. Wow. Four by LeBron, four by Harden, one by Westbrook, one by Michael Adams 30 years ago. And once by Fox last year. I mean, this guy is is another absolute stud. And the only reason he's not going much earlier in drafts is the free throw percentage concern, I think. And what if that continues to get better? I mean, small sample, but he's 10 for 10 from the free throw line in the preseason. Like, what if that 75% we saw down the stretch was just the start of him shooting, you know, 77, 78% for a season? I mean, I just think he's going to dominate. And uh, I'm already feeling like I don't have him in enough leagues. Yeah, I think with a with a guy that can put up numbers like Fox does, I'm just I'm not going to ding him for the free throw stuff. I just kind of throw that away because he's he's checking so many boxes at a really really elite level. I think you're right on. He's he's going to have a fantastic season. I think biggest concern is that it's Sacramento and right. things can go wrong in Sacramento. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know, so that that's the biggest concern. But other than that, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Like. The, the turnovers, he's averaging, what, he averaged like three per game last season. That's not too bad of a number for a high-usage point guard, in my yeah. opinion. And what everything else that he gives you, you can easily cancel that out, and you can also fill your roster with some low turnover guys to help with that as well. So, yeah, no issues with De'Aaron Fox going early. If there's a guy who's Sacramento-proof, I feel like it is, in fact, a De'Aaron Fox. Like, he, he is above <laughs> that almost. 100%. And just just real quick, if it does happen to be the year that Luke Walton finally gets the axe, Alvin Gentry is a great fantasy coach. I would love to see De'Aaron Fox running in Alvin Gentry's offense. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, that's a good point. I had not thought about that yet. So let's move to our middle round guys. Those are our three early round guys. Jared, uh, lead off the middle round draft targets. Uh, middle round. I don't even know if you're going to be able to get this guy in the middle round for much longer. But it's a uh, broad. It's a broad definition of middle <laughs> rounds. We can we can be loose with it. I'm going to bring up OG Ananobi, who is. Uh, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy that I'm seeing this preseason is not an OG Ananobi I thought I would ever see. 
I know that he's kind of been a sneaky name in the past with what he's been able to do with the defensive stats, but I've always kind of been like, eh, he's a boring guy. He doesn't really score a bunch of points, you know? And um, watching him this preseason, man, he worked on his handles. Like, he, they're giving him ISOs, and he looks comfortable, man. He's just pulling up from three and banging it. He's still getting the defensive stats. Those haven't dropped off. Uh, I just see this man taking a massive... Again, I... Just watching his game and how smooth he's got with handling the rock, it, it, it blows my mind. I just think this guy is going to absolutely shatter his ADP. But I also could see him, people start reaching for him because it's not so much of a secret anymore. Yeah, if we wanted to reach on our early round picks early in the podcast, OG would have been a name to say there. Um, because as Jared noted, people are probably going to reach. Like we see guys get that preseason bump all the time where yeah. play well in the preseason, even though most of the good percentage of guys you're playing against aren't going to be on the roster. You know, that, that'll really hype some guys up. But I think Ananobi is one of those players. Like Jared said, he's look has shown off a more refined handle. The defensive stats are still there. He's going to figure more prominently in the offense, especially early on with Pascal Siakam still working his way back from shoulder surgery. So I don't know if he's going to be available in the mid-rounds. At this point, <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't think he will yeah. be just because of how well he's played and the responsibilities that they've given him in that offense. Right. Jared, you mentioned the eye test with Ananobi. I think if you're purely just a numbers person also and you're just looking at his year-over-year numbers, this is another guy who it really catches your eyes. I mean, he went up over five points per game last year. Didn't have a huge drop off in efficiency. The free that three point shooting, he's approaching forty percent. His assists wow. went up. His blocks stayed the same. His steals went up just a, a tick. I mean, free throw percentage is improving. So yeah, I, I do think this is a guy who could we could be talking about at the end of this year. Suddenly, is averaging like nineteen twenty points per game with all those supporting stats we love. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love him too. This is another guy I'm terrified to miss out on. I really am. And. I think it's going to be a, a not an easy guy to get in drafts, just like you guys are talking about, but worth it. Yeah. He's another example of Toronto's player development, too. For sure. If you're going to roll the dice on any young guys, Toronto is usually a good roster to look at just because of how well they've done with developing guys between their pro team and the G League affiliate, too. Yep. All right, Raph, who's your, uh, your mid round guy? And, and I actually know who it is. And I will say this is a true mid round guy. I think we can say true. Mid-round guy. Jared's yeah. <laughs> is a, a mid-round guy who's pushing for a, make a leap to early rounds. Raph, hit us with it. It's Kevin Porter Jr. My reason has nothing to do with past numbers and everything to do with opportunity. Uh, he showed mm -hmm. some flashes last season when Houston worked him in. I thought them sending him to the G League bubble was a really good move on their part because they got to use him in that primary playmaker role. And with John Wall not going to play until they can trade him, that's pretty much Kevin Porter's job at this point. Now, Jalen Green will also get some primary playmaking opportunities, but it's primarily KPJ's show. And I don't know something about Southpaws in Houston tend to go <laughs> off, you know. So I, I think a mid round roll of the dice for him. Uh, I did a mock draft last night. I was hoping to get him around 70 and he was gone. So Damn. I think about 60 is where you're going to see Porter come off the board in a lot of these leagues. And with good reason, just because of what he's going to provide. But that being said, past production, you know, past lack of playing time, the Cleveland situation, it is a roll of the dice, but I think it's one it's worth taking. Southpaws in Houston, you're talking about Terrence Jones, right, Raph? <laughs> <laughs> if Damn, you say so. Man, it's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I'd say the only the only concern I have with Kevin Porter Jr. is um, efficiency, maybe. Maybe he's a little mm-hmm. bit of a chucker. Uh, the turnovers are going to be off the charts, but uh, the counting stats are going to be there. Yeah, I think my hope with KPJ is that he can avoid crushing you in a nine-category league in field goal, free throw, and turnovers. Okay, can we just agree, just destroy my team in two of those, and, I, and we'll, we'll shake hands on it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can kind of stomach it when I'm drafting a guy who's that exciting, and he's he's. But when when it's like all three, you know, so like field goal percentage, mate. Which one's it going to be, guys? Which one could we? It's not turnovers. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be okay in turnovers. <laughs> Maybe free throws. Can Maybe can he not throws. be terrible in one of those? Maybe free throws. I, I think free throws are the one where you're you're hoping that he will give you. Mid seventies, a little bit higher in terms of percentages. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I have any pause about even drafting him. He's going the eighties on Yahoo. Even drafting him in like the seventies, that would be the only reason mm-hmm. I have any pause about it. And it's another guy. I'm, I'm keep saying this. I'm incredibly nervous not to draft. You know, this podcast could almost be called that as well. <laughs> uh, my mid round guy is going right next to KPJ in Yahoo drafts. That's Bogdan Bogdanovich, who. After he came back from his knee injury and got his legs under him, this guy had a one and a half month stretch where he put up 22 points per game, around four boards, four assists, 1.6 steals, and 4.6 three pointers, shooting 50 from the field, nearly 90 from the line, just one and a half turnovers. And as I said, his ADP on Yahoo is in the 80s. That kind of blows me away, yep. Jared. I mean, what I can't really explain it. I mean, I'm not saying he should be an early round guy, but I feel like this is a guy who's probably going more like in the 60s. I just think that. Um I mean, you're right. He was incredible. He was he was incredible down the stretch last year. But they didn't have really DeAndre Hunter, and they didn't really have Cam Reddish. Those guys are going to be factors. But you know, man, he was so good. Like, how can you not play him the minutes that like thirty, and that's enough time? Yeah. I mean, even even if it's twenty eight, this guy is really really freaking good. Yeah, I think that you've discovered a gem. That's an excellent value pick. Yeah, I think the biggest issue is just the rest of that rotation on the wings. Um, you know, Jared mentioned Hunter and Reddish. You got Kevin Herner in there as well. Right. Obviously, I think Bogdan's the best scorer of that group, quite obviously. But there are young players who the Hawks, I think, would want to see develop and give them their opportunities to play. So that would be my one concern. But mid-round, I, think, I don't think there's much risk at all taking him in the middle rounds of your draft. Yeah. As someone who watches basically every Hawks game, I just think Bogdanovich is at worst the number three option on this team. Uh, maybe Hunter, maybe Hunter is the number two ahead of him. But, and Collins, I, I mean, I think he's, Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to get his shots and he's going to get his minutes. And as for Herder and Reddish, like, I love Cam Reddish as much as anyone, but I think Herder and Reddish are, are going to have to find their roles off the bench when this team is at full strength. That's how deep the Hawks are. And oh, you have Herder off the bench. Yeah, you're going to have you're going to have you should have Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Collins, and Capella starting. Yeah, and Herder and Cam Reddish, uh, Delon Wright, etc., kind of guiding that second unit. And I don't know. I, I just think we're cutting into Bogdanovich's draft position too much based on like, oh, this team is deep, and I just think he's one of the top options. Yeah. All right. We have three late round guys to go. I wasn't going to stop, by the way, there until like you guys had agreed with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, hey, the point. You guys are going to like Bogdanovich before you leave here today. Okay, you're not you're not going home until you do. <laughs> 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We have three late round guys left, Jared. Yours might be a bit of a combo here. You got a two, a two for here. Oh, I did say two names. I did say two names. Let's. I can go over them pretty quickly. Uh, I thought I kind of have the opinion that DeAndre Hunter is going to start. So I really love him as a late round pick. Yeah, he's going to start. Uh, and what we saw from him last year before he was hurt, man. He, he, he was better than John Collins at times. The mid range yes. game was nice. He he, he just. He picked up a lot. Uh, then he got hurt, came back too early from that from that knee injury, required surgery. Forget which order that was in. But he's healthy now. And uh, as long as he can just stay healthy, I mean, why would he not take another jump this year, just like he did last season? He's a year older and a year better and still young and still developing. Uh, so that's one of my options. Another one of my options, uh, someone who I wasn't particularly high on, and uh, Raphael may disagree with this one, is uh, Evan Mobley, who has looked really good through the preseason. Um, I was concerned about how his minutes would pan out with with them bringing in Laurie Markkinen, but it, it, it seems like it might be possible for this kid in 25 minutes to get the job done, and then we get towards the second half of the season, uh, Cavs aren't a playoff team, and then you really start ramping up his minutes. Uh, what I really like, what I've seen from Mobley, is his shot-blocking potential. He is really skinny. He gets pushed around in the paint, um, but just the, the, the shot blocking potential, which Matt, you're going to bring up with your final pick. I think that I would lean towards Evan Mobley in this situation. Uh, final point. We did see Laurie Markinen start at small forward. Um, it did it, it, during the last preseason game. Now that obviously had to do with, uh, both Darius Garland and Colin Sexton missing in action, but it, kind of worked <laughs> um, it was weird Lori played well at, on the wing um he does play more on the perimeter so i don't know maybe maybe those minutes aren't going to be as much of an issue yeah I, i've come around on mobley um when they signed marketing that was like wait what are you guys doing like yeah. you drafted a guy you wanted to play at the four but third overall and then you sign a guy for 65 million See, dogs agree. But, <laughs> but you know, watching the preseason, we we've seen them kind of get things under control. You can just mute Jared. Yeah, we've seen you've seen him get things under control, and uh, oh, he left. 
the, the rotation seems to work. Obviously, he cited the last game against the Bulls. Where they, they started marking it to three. I don't think that's going to happen once you have everyone healthy. But it, it shows that they're committed to giving Mobley that opportunity to show that he can be a face-up four playing next to Jared Allen. And if that's what they're going to do, then, yeah, he definitely is worth a, a late-round pick. Yeah. I By the way, how about the power move there by Jared? Instead of muting, he just leaves. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, there's no mute button. Jared, there's no yeah. no mute buttons here. Jared's just out. I love it. I think he's ready to come back. Thumbs up if you're ready to come back. He looks like he's ready. Okay. No, it's okay. Was that? It's okay. Okay. Incredible move to just depart instead of mute. I love it. <laughs> that's like, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, that's like the manual version of muting. <laughs> Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley had a, a, also had a pretty eye catching preseason line the other day, which I don't think either of you guys mentioned. 15 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals, three blocks, and a triple. If I was reading my, I missed that. If I was reading wow. things correctly. Yeah. So awesome. That's all the more reason to get excited about him. Uh, circling back to Hunter, I do think it's funny if you look at the Hawks, other than Trey Young. I mean, the Hawks were kind of the buzz team in last year's playoffs, and it's not reflected in their ADPs. I mean, right. you know, Capella is still going, Jared, where mm-hmm. incredibly late relative to what he does. I don't get it. <laughs> um, same deal with Bogdanovich. Hunter's going well outside the top 100. Collins, eh, Collins kind of goes where he should go, to be honest. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. So I like both of those guys. Mobley is definitely a uh, an intriguing guy, especially when you're trying to shore up some blocks late. So, Raph, why don't you take us to your late-round guy? My pick is Terrence Mann, um, one of the proud members of the Terrence Mann fan Hell club yeah. here. Uh, it, you know, no Kawhi Leonard, I assume that he would move into the starting lineup. That's not going to happen. Eric Bledsoe is going to start next to Reggie Jackson and Paul George. But in a way, I feel like that – is going to work out better for Terrence Mann fantasy-wise. Um, they're looking at him as an anchor of that second unit, maybe with some primary playmaking responsibilities. So to have the ball in his hands more to where he can influence section, that may be a better fit for him than sliding in next to Reggie Jackson and Paul George just because their usages are going to be really high. You've also got Marcus Morris in that starting lineup. So Terrence Mann, even though he's coming off the bench, I, I really think he's worthy of a late-round flyer in a lot of these leagues just because of even 20, 25 minutes per game. I think he's going to give you good production across the board personally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this would have been my pick, but I know that, man, if there's a league with me and Raphael, he's beating me to Terrence Mann every single freaking <laughs> draft. But I love this kid. I think he's loaded with potential. I think, uh, Raphael, you're spot on. I mean, honestly, I'm not even sure how long Eric Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson can start. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was a disaster last season in in New Orleans. Terrence Mann is just such the better player, and he had that 39-point breakout game in the playoffs, a closeout game. They sent Utah home with that performance. They needed that. I love this kid. So 100% agree. Great pick, Raph. Yeah, the, the thing I'm looking for with Mann is, you know, we, we see him kind of, like you mentioned, that playmaking he has those games where he has the elevated assist numbers, and and that's what I want to see from him more consistently. Is he's double digit scoring in all four preseason games. I think we all agree he's going to be a mm-hmm. decent, decent at least scorer. But like, can he be a guy who gets you some rebounds and assists? Like his first preseason game, he had an eight rebound, five assist game. That's what. Not that you'd expect those averages, but just those contributions in rebounds and assists, I think, are just huge from him in terms of establishing his his fantasy floor. Because it feels like the assists have been kind of sporadic. He'll have like five assists. Just looking back to last year, he'll have a great assist game and then no assists. I'm just trying to figure out why that is exactly. And hopefully that will be more mm-hmm. consistent this year. 
I don't know if the Clippers fully bought into him until like late last season, to be honest with you. I know they've obviously mm-hmm. liked him, but in terms of the responsibilities that they gave him, I don't really know if they gave him enough until late in the season that we watched yeah. him flourish. So now, you know, different, slightly different role in a contract extension. I think he's going to be a really good late round target. I'm doing a salary draft with Jared tonight, and I am now assuming I will not be getting Terrence Mann for about $2 late. I think I'm in there too. You are, Raphael. Oh, are you? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. I just remembered that. <laughs> I considered coming on here and yeah, I considered coming on here and lying about my pitch just because it's a nice track. But I know we, we're here to provide a service to the listeners. So I know I didn't, I didn't want to. I know we play face up poker, man. <laughs> I hate so much that some of my friends listen to these too. It's like yeah. you go into your draft and friends who listen already know what you're planning to do. <laughs> I have like a top shot chat group and i got all my all my buddies in a league and we're doing it with top shot moments and i gave them like my top 150 list and they <laughs> were just annihilating me like i feel like i didn't even have that great of a team they like took all of my freaking guys it got to a point where it was like i'm not helping you guys anymore and then they would still just <clears throat> nail my pick oh it was brutal <laughs> <laughs> all right my last guy much like Jared's mid-round guy was kind of almost a mid-round slash early-round guy. I feel like this is kind of almost a late-round, mid-round guy because I've been seeing him go closer to like 100 than, you know, an Evan Mobley, who's definitely, I think, going later, if I'm not mistaken, and Terrence Mann, who's going later. That's Mo Bamba. And, you know, we know the per 36-minute numbers were special last year, have been special. The other night, another reminder of his upside in the preseason, 16 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, five blocks, two threes. First three preseason games, he has 10 blocks and four triples. I mean, he doesn't need a lot of time, even if Wendell Carter Jr., or even if it's a center platoon. I'll take Mo Bamba in a center platoon. Give me 22 minutes and I'm happy. And I think there's a chance for more. Yeah. My only concern, and I like Mo Bamba a lot. I really do. But that team has four centers. And if you just watch him play, he does give his coach reasons to put him on the bench often. Um, If you see the way he compiles his stats, I don't want to make this comparison. You're going to hate me for this, but it's a little bit Hassan Whiteside-like. He does chase those blocks. He does look lost. I don't mind that at all. He looks lost (laughs) on defense at times. So I'm not terribly worried about uh, Robin Lopez and, and Mo Wagner, but they are there. And there's four, so there's four centers on this team. So, but you know, a lot of this risk is negated with where you're talking about taking him. And if if these things, you know, if if Robin Williams and and Mo Mo Wagner are just basically out of the rotation, um, it's not an issue, right? But that's the only thing that gives me pause. But at the same time, we're talking about a late round pick, so it's pretty much all upside. Did you just call Robin Lopez Robin Williams? Oh, did I do that? uh, (laughs) (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the other night, they came out with an interesting starting lineup where they started Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. together. And I think that worked out for Bamba because, as Jared said, with him chasing blocks, I don't know if I trust him as a defensive anchor for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not the most disciplined defender, which can get you in trouble. You know, you you may – it's like buying a lottery ticket. You You may win something, but more often than not, you're going to lose because you're out of position and what have you. So that's a concern for me. I don't know if they're going to play that lineup too often just because of the number of the fours they have. We talk about Franz Wagner can play either the three or the four. Shumo Kiki, they've got once he's right. healthy. 
And then the elephant in the room is Jonathan Isaac and when he's going to return. Yep. So I don't know how much mm-hmm. we'll get to see that tandem together because I think that would help Bamba to play yeah. a, alongside a more sturdy big man as opposed to a more athletic guy where he has to stay in the middle of the paint more defensively. And then the other thing is the injuries. Uh, you, you cite per 36 numbers. When's he been healthy enough to, to threaten that? <laughs> you know, we've seen flashes. Like, I don't. I don't mean that to, to sound flippant or anything, but it is what it is. You know, that's the concern. But again, you're talking late round. You're you're really not going to get great consistent value from those guys. So why not take them, Obama? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really is a crazy rotation in Orlando with with so. I just it's going to be wild to mm-hmm. see how that works out with all of the you know young guys, lottery picks, etc. And as for Bamba chasing blocks in the Whiteside comparison, Hassan Whiteside had a pretty long runway as a very good fantasy player before <laughs> I think the league soured on him. So I think Bamba's got some time. You're telling me we got like seven years, six, seven years of Mo Bamba <laughs> as an elite shot blocker? Yeah. Sign me up. And foul trouble. But, you know, like I said, it's a late round pick. And if this guy can just 25 minutes, man, that's, that's a moonshot right there. Yep. All right, so those are our nine players for today. That is going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back every Friday. We'll be back, excuse me, every Friday, yes, but this Friday to close out our series of divisional previews, talking about the Southwest. Jared and Raph will be seeing you guys regularly on our Wednesday episodes moving forward. Thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Raph, Jared, appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Cool. Catch you later. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.